This episode of the Supply Chain Brain Podcast is supported by I Am Robotics, a leader in autonomous mobile robots for e-commerce order fulfillment. Be sure and stick around after the discussion for a look at the company and what it offers to customers. But now, on to the podcast. Conveyor belts in warehouses just kept rolling along until the robots showed up. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Editor-in-Chief of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. You could make the argument that for all the fancy equipment that's been installed in factories and warehouses these past decades, the very essence of automation has been the humble conveyor. But not anymore. Increasingly, we're seeing those fixed systems being supplanted by AMRs, autonomous mobile robots. They're far more flexible and varied in the tasks they can perform, and much better suited to the agile warehouse of the present day, one that's designed to meet the demanding needs of omnichannel retailing. Today, we'll get the lowdown on AMRs from Wes Reed, Senior Vice President of Products and Operations with IM Robotics. He'll talk about the evolution of AMRs and how distribution centers are employing these zippy units for operations of just about any scale. And, of course, we'll ponder the fate of human workers in the age of robots. Here's my conversation with Wes Reed. Wes Reed, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Wes, the humble conveyor seems to be sort of the poster child for warehouse automation or, or, or manufacturing automation. When we think of automation, we almost always picture something like that. I wonder if at this point, though, do you believe that the conveyor is on the way out? I think that conveyor will always have a place in warehousing and manufacturing But I do believe that there are more and more use cases where companies that traditionally always chose that traditional method are now open to looking at different types of automation. And more specifically, the AMR, the Autonomous Mobile Robot, correct? That is correct. We believe that that will be the first and most successful entry point as a competing technology to conveyor. So paint a picture for me, please, of how this would work, because a conveyor is this steady moving belt most of the time. It's always moving. You can put product on it and it just flows like a river. Whereas I think of a robot as a discrete unit that goes and gets something, brings it somewhere else, goes back, gets it again. It doesn't feel to me like the same thing. So in what way can a robot actually take the place of a conveyor? It's a good question. And and when you think of that mental picture, you're right. When a river is flowing the direction you want it to flow, it's a wonderful thing. But commensurately, think about situations where you need some water elsewhere and the amount of effort that it takes to cause that river to deliver 
use some water elsewhere. You might only even need a little bit of water, but good luck getting any without investing a significant amount of effort to make that happen. Commensurately, on the robot side, you're correct. Conveyor just flows 24-7, and it will deliver parcels endlessly from one fixed an origination point to as many exit points as you have installed in your facility. But every time you come up with a situation where you need something different or you need to take it 10 feet further or, God forbid, you need to get a piece of other equipment into your facility, you have to invest a significant OPEX and potentially CAPEX to be able to modify that conveyor to change any of those locations or extend its distance or get it out of the way to do something else in your facility. Okay, I just changed my mental picture. Now I'm thinking about the conveyor as being kind of a metaphor, kind of being like a, a railroad, like a train on a track, a fixed path from which it can't vary versus, say, a freestanding automobile that can go anywhere in different directions. Is that a little more accurate, maybe? Absolutely. Hmm. That, okay. we, that is a more, a more accurate mental picture of what we believe AMRs will do to change the way conveyors have been used historically. That is a good mental picture. Yeah. Okay. So describe for me the type of facility where AMRs are actually starting to make a mark, especially in terms of replacing or working with a conveyor system. The type of warehouse, the size, the layout, the type of product. It's a pretty wide-ranging set of use cases, actually. We're getting a lot of interest and starting to see a good amount of demand across the industry. We started in warehousing and e-commerce, and that continues to be a very significant pull in terms of market opportunity for us. But we're also starting to see a lot of pull from manufacturing facilities where they're trying to move relatively heavy payload items from point to point. And if they can get that done without the restrictive infrastructure required with conveyor, it's an interesting use case for them. Mm-hmm. So not just zipping around a warehouse, moving eaches to a place where they're stuck in an envelope, like in an Amazon type thing. Larger, heavier stuff that's not necessarily in an e-commerce fulfillment environment. Absolutely. Interesting. So what do these robots look like? I mean, by AMR, we that could be just about anything in terms of size. And, and what exactly are they doing? Are they simply the vehicles for moving product throughout facilities, or are they also doing a certain amount of picking themselves? Placement? I mean, what exactly is the job of these units? The term AMR is pretty generic, so it's a good question. Most AMRs today have focused on the mobile base with some sort of fixed attachment or relatively small levels of modularity to perform different jobs. A lot of them are work in concert with people where people do the picking task, load the items in a totes on the AMR, send it on to its next location. That's certainly a viable use case. AMRs broadly across the industry, most of them started with a smaller footprint and a smaller payload. 
There, a lot of them started at a, a 100 kilogram payload, and that really was limiting in terms of what sort of material and how much material any of them could carry, either in an e-commerce or a manufacturing environment. So when you look at the market, a lot of those same vendors then move to the other end of the extreme where their newest AMRs are mostly much larger footprint and I would say seem to be much more focused on addressing the lighter end of pallet size payloads. So they really left this open space in the middle between those two endpoints largely underserved. Again, with regard to what they're doing, though, it's not a straight-across replacement for a conveyor because I, my understanding of AMRs is they do more than convey, that very often they actually are the units that direct the human to the place on the pick face where the product is going to be picked, and then they take the product and convey it. So there's an element of some kind of intelligence going on here in addition to simply being moving wheels that move stuff around a warehouse, right? Yes, you're correct, and there are different solutions on the market that do exactly that, where they'll move in concert with a human to a picking area, and they'll provide intelligence to that human by either voice pick or pick to light uh, to direct a person in terms of what item to pick from shelf and to place into a tote. And that is typically performed with some level of integrated picking software and that then is integrated further into their fleet management system that that AMR could then be sent downstream to a packout station or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely a use case. That is typically done with smaller AMRs that, again, are limited in the amount of payload that they can carry. The larger payloads that are more focused on conveyor replacement were the ones that I was referring to earlier. Now, we've discussed the ways in which AMRs can actually add to the flexibility of a facility, but I'm also wondering if they can help to operate in smaller facilities, because there is a trend these days to create smaller fulfillment centers closer to customers, especially in urban centers. And I'm wondering if an AMR comes in really handy that way, that you don't have to build out these complex, lengthy conveyor belts. Instead, you can have these AMRs scooting around a smaller footprint. Is that possible? Yeah, absolutely it is. And that's a very good observation on your part. Conveyor definitely becomes less optimal in a smaller facility because all of the PLC controls and everything that go with the conveyor, they're more cost-effective when they're leveraged across a lot of conveyor. So, but you still have to have those controls even if the conveyor is much smaller. So obviously in a smaller facility that they're much less cost-effective. And so your point is very valid that, that as facilities shrink in size, and become more focused on target markets, whether it be small sub-geographies or, or something like that, AMRs are absolutely a more feasible option. And that, again, is where this vacant area in the market served is relevant because you've got the really small ones and then the really big pallet-sized ones. And the pallet-sized ones definitely are larger than probably what a lot of those smaller fulfillment centers would be able to accommodate. 
Another thing occurs to me is that a conveyor, once again, is a fixed piece of hardware, a fixed system. Whereas I wonder if AMRs come in handy in being able to scale up and down the activity within a facility based on the demand of that particular time. For instance, scaling up to peak season, you bring more of them in, that goes away, you have fewer of them, and you're not locked into the infrastructure that a conveyor would require you to have. Absolutely. Uh, another very valid point. Any sort of fixed infrastructure, whether it be conveyor or a shuttle-based ASRS, any of those large infrastructure sorts of equipment, you either have to make a choice to size them excessively for your peak volumes and then, then have them be underutilized the rest of the time, or you size them for your 80% volume that you can hit all year round, but then you have to augment them with additional staff or something like that during your peaks. AMRs are absolutely, but an AMR coupled with a robust fleet management software piece, let me say that, that solution absolutely allows these facilities to scale up and down more fluidly with their changes in demand. Wes, I have to ask you the people question. I would imagine that back in the day when conveyors were first introduced into facilities, people threw up their hands and said, oh my God, it means the end of people. <laughs> and, and now they're saying the same thing. Here are AMRs, people were saying, oh my God, it means the end of people. What is your view? Certainly people have that view. There's no doubt about it. From our experience on deployments that we've done thus far, we've actually not seen that. If anything, people are brought in at a higher level to work with a more sophisticated set of automation. I think ultimately there will be uh, impacts to certain jobs in warehouses and manufacturing over time. But based on the history of other types of automation that have come before the AMR, I actually strongly believe that the jobs will change, but the overall number of employment opportunities will not be dramatically affected in a negative way by the introduction of AMRs. Wes, tell me a little bit about IM Robotics. Sure. So the company's a few years old now. We actually didn't start in the traditional AMR market. We started with a product called Swift, which we coined as an AMMR, Autonomous Mobile Manipulation Robot, because it was a picking solution on top of an AMR mobility base. We really jumped into the deep end of the pool technology-wise on that and really dealt with a lot of the significant challenges in terms of perception and manipulation that traditional AMRs didn't have to deal with. What we're doing now is actually really leveraging the work that we put into the mobility base that's under SWIFT, and we're now augmenting that with the remaining capabilities that are necessary for us to enter the traditional AMR market. This is where we think we're going to be able to really set IAM apart in the AMR space by leveraging the high levels of durability and power and strength, both mechanically and electrically, 
in our platform to really take a, a very strong run at that underserved market that I was talking about earlier. So the AMR product manufactured by IM Robotics has certainly evolved over the years. Where do you see it going? I mean, new bells and whistles, new types of designs, new ideas, new innovations. Where might this technology go in future? For the AMR specifically, we're going to really leverage some of the fundamental capabilities that we've had for a few years in terms of its battery system. For example, it is multiple higher than other AMRs on the market in terms of energy capacity. It has a very high payload for its footprint, 330 kilograms for a footprint that's only about 45 inches long by 29 inches wide. I coined a phrase that I just call the payload to AMR footprint ratio that for our AMR that we call bulk, the base only has a dimension of about 45 inches long by 29 inches wide, but yet we can carry a payload of 300 kilograms. So that ratio of those two numbers is very significant versus the other AMRs that we will enter the market against. That whole capability in terms of heavy payload and a high-powered battery that all of that power that goes together is what will really, first off, we've leveraged all of our development in SWIFT to bring that technology forward into Bolt, and that is what we believe will really help us address that underserved segment of the AMR market that I referred to earlier between the small ones and the great big pallet-sized ones. It's going to be an interesting future, and I'm assuming that the conditions of today, on one hand the pandemic, on the other hand just rising customer demands for service and the like, will only serve to accelerate the advance of automation and probably be a pretty good opportunity for you folks. Do you agree? Yeah, we absolutely do. Pandemic's an unfortunate thing that everybody's been affected by, but it has really seemed to accelerate our target market's interest in and adoption rate of automation. They've really seen the how fragile this, this system is today and have really started to look for other solutions to make it less fragile in the future. Well, Wes, I, I'm grateful that we were able to jump off that fixed conveyor today and talk a little bit about the flexibility in the future of autonomous mobile robots and also learn a little bit about IM Robotics as well. Thank you so much for being with us today. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you as well. That was my conversation with Wes Reed of IAM Robotics, talking about the evolution of autonomous mobile robots for e-commerce fulfillment. Our thanks to IAM Robotics for sponsoring this episode. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter at SCBrain. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. Stay well and see you next time.